0: Arthur and I will be joined by our very own Patrick Dornan every Tuesday all season long to dish out reactions, analysis, and maybe, maybe even a few hot takes every now and then. Yeah, Patrick. How are you? Great, great, great.
1: It's good to be here. It's good to be here for the first after the whistle podcast. Um, looking forward to the season. Obviously, we had New season. we had the had had the home opener at TD this mm-hmm. uh, this past Saturday. So yeah. I'm sure there's there's plenty of meat on the bone for us to to chew on today. Uh, for, the, for the speaking
0: podcast. of that was only that was only a short 48 hours ago. I assume <laughs> you're still probably sore as well. Yeah, yeah, a little sore. Uh, as you can tell, my voice hasn't
1: fully come back yet uh, from from being. <laughs> in real deep in the dub but uh but overall I, I i don't know about you but i had a great a great time uh, at the at the yeah. stadium great time watching
0: uh, watching the guys kick the ball around wonderful. and yeah it was really good 5k over 5k the good guys won yeah yeah you know little uh little uh, little hot-headed moments there at the end we'll get to that but i mean other than that it was a pretty uh, a pretty Successful home opener, I must say. I would agree, and I uh, great cause, great cause, great festivities, great uh, uh, ceremonies. Yeah, yeah. For, for those music, for those of you who are who are listening, joining us in from the uh, the 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 quote-unquote
1: radio waves of the internet um obviously we had uh, had a big um tribute to the ukrainian people to open the game the ukrainian men's mm-hmm. choir came down and did that mm-hmm. um which was really neat to see i think for the home audience obviously ottawa has quite a large ukrainian population um so it's uh, it's really nice to see the team engage in the community um and then obviously you know the supporters groups also getting in on the action as well uh, up in the stands so.
0: yeah Flags, the smokes, the yellow and blue—it was—it was amazing. It'd bring a tear to your eye. But no, it was—it was. I love this idea of um, first of all doing the home opener as a pay what you want event. Obviously, it's a great idea to get lots of people to come out. You want the first game to be a success always. But the other the other thing that I love that we do is that we always tie it in with some sort of charitable organization, some sort of cause. Yeah, and I for think sure. those two combined will be like, you know, long term, really good, successful marketing strategies and community engagement. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think there is there I, I know early on in the season
1: when we when we got the announcement for the theme nights and all the all the different um kind of organizations or, or causes that we were supporting. I know there was like a lot of kind of feet shuffling amongst the fans because yeah. they've seen it in the past with Fury and some of the other teams locally. But yeah. um, but, you know, since then, I think that uh, that the team itself has done a really good job communicating the, the good part of theme nights um, and it's nice to have them. Be a little bit more clear on that so that the fans can now get involved in and, you know, actually show up to the
0: two dollar hot dog night or the pajama <laughs> night or whatever. So exactly. Yeah. You know, you slap a nice cause on it. It makes a, it makes it a feel good event. That's for sure. So Definitely. overall. I think that, you know, just the, the, the on the fan side aside, I think that the on the pitch, we also had an incredible day especially when we compared to some of the things that we've seen last year. Give us a little rundown of your overall sort of view of how we did yesterday. Yeah, so,
1: uh, I before. mean, off the top, I'm going to say I think the biggest improvement uh, and it was pretty clear to see from the stands and on the pitch was the defensive improvement from 2021 Ooh. to 2022. Um, obviously, yes. in the offseason, the team did a bunch of rebuilding. They signed a lot of key players. They shuffled some positions around um, and brought on Carlos Gonzalez as the new coach. So um, I was interested to see how all that was going to shake out uh, for the home opener. And I think that the biggest, biggest improvement from last year was. Was by far the the defensive side of the house uh, for ball movement, for ball control, uh, possession. Um, I mean, uh, you know, later on, obviously, when we start talking about uh, s- specific players, I'll get into some of those guys. Um, but yeah, but overall, I think that that's got to be the 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 you know first up there with a bullet for the first point. Um, what about you? What's your uh, what's your overall with
0: No, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's 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 wild to think that with a back four where three of the four players are brand new, we looked the most confident and less shaky than our team ever has. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say like, that's a <laughs> tough feat from last season because really yeah. it's not, but, but yeah, I think the four, four, two really played well. Um, the use of wingbacks I think was, uh, was, was an interesting choice and I know both teams use them cavalry and, mm. and uh, Ottawa, um, yeah. I mean, there's there's benefits and drawbacks to doing that. I think that um, it to to have kind of Becky be the the kind of the set piece that's left over in the middle, uh, in in the the fullback role because we use wingbacks. We I, I don't know about you, but we did see him drifting a little bit into the center, which, even though he started on the wing. Um, but yeah, I think that that the four defense was. Good, a good foil to Cavalry's three-four-three. Three. Um, obviously, yeah. it's a little bit heavier on the offense, and right. we were able to shut them down. You know, nine times, out of, well, ten times out of ten, I guess, because we got the clean sheet. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,
0: you, I noticed you—you you mentioned the, um, you know, Becky sort of drifting into the middle there, and it's interesting you note that because, um, a lot of people were saying that. Well, you know, in defense we had two flat, uh, two flat lines of four, but in offense, you know, we can really sort of have him drift in to a back three. Yeah. And then really have, you know, Tissot shoot up and then whoever's on the right wing, in our case, uh Baloo, he'll also be shooting up as a winger while we sort of go compact in the back. Yeah, for sure. Now this is like is this something that we would have you know, is this just down to the new tactical acumen of our new uh our new gaffa? Cargo. (laughs) A cargo,
1: yeah. Um I think (laughs) I honestly think they he was playing it playing it safe. Um, you yeah. know, I know we talked about in our, in our starting 11 for the season preview, um, you know, you did a four, four, two, a four, four, two came out. So, you know, I'm not going to mm. like, I'm not going to pump your tires too much on the D de- <laughs> on the, uh, on the guests, but, but it is High a, feeling. it's a fairly conservative, um, formation. And I think he yeah. did, he did it as the home opener to kind of shake the rust off, see, see where things pan out. Um, cause mm-hmm. you're right. Once Becky did drift into the middle, it freed up, uh, freed up Tabla
0: and, um, and Tiso to kind of move around a little bit more, which is nice to see. But Yeah. Well, it's neat, too, because then, you know, uh, obviously at the beginning, you've got Alleman as the left winger. But then when when everything sort of turns a little bit uh, clockwise in the switching of uh, a phase of play, you know, Tiso bombs up the wing. And then that leaves Alleman space to sort of drift in from the left side, as, 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 as if I'm not mistaken, he's a right footed player. Yep.
1: Yeah and so I, how, I yeah, yeah no I, I I agree um and I mean if you're going to mention Alemann let's let's discuss the let's call it the, 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 shot of the game uh, yeah. from the Ottawa side, barring the penalty. Uh, obviously yeah. that's, that's where we put one on the board, but, but uh, yeah, I think it was uh, eighth minute uh, Alleman that, that rocket right off the crossbar mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the rebound from tabla. I think all of the fans were out of their seats, hoping that that was, was going to be a, that was going to be in the back of the net. And, you know, again, yeah. another crossbar uh, or it was a punch out, I think on the first shot. The first, uh, yeah, the a first punch one. Yeah, yeah. First
0: one was a punch out. Nice. Uh, you know, Nice save from their number two keeper. Yep. Uh, I, c- I can't tell you what his name is now, but I mean, you know, Carducci is such a massive presence. I don't even know if they have any other keepers, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> they, they just picked this guy up on the way here. But uh, no, great save on a really great shot. And then Baloo just showed the absolute quality that he has. Yeah, in that individual moment. I mean, you know, as we'll 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 get it on onto him a little bit more later, but yeah, to to uh, hit that with the chest and then absolutely smash it on the volley right into the right into the crossbar. I, I think we were all hoping it was going to go in. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, six inches either way it was going to going to be top corner. So it's just unfortunate. Uh, but again, you know, I think it's a good start to the season. um You know, we were able to showcase a little bit of offensive talent early on,
0: which got the crowd fired up. And then for the rest of the game, they kind of kept that momentum, which was nice. Speaking of the offense, why don't you go into, um, you know, how did we line up at the front? We went over how we lined up at the back. Let's talk about the front.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, you know, the Shaw right uh, kind of gruesome twosome we got up in the front um, was yeah. was effective. I mean, you know, both of them are very, very skilled offensive players. Um and and we did. We're, we're, the midfield was able to feed them. I think a little bit more than last season, um, mm. just because of the formation and the and the the new way that we're playing out to the wings and then back in to the mm. uh, to the center for the finish. Um, I was a little honestly, Johnny. If I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I was a little disappointed by Shaw um, for the yeah. game. I think I think he just yeah. lacked a little drive, and I don't know if it's just that he wasn't like fully in, engaged in the game. But um, mm. I, I don't know if you, if you saw it as well. Um, you know, there was a lot of runs that he was almost like just a half step too too late, or you know, a full step too late on a corner, or on a set piece, or whatever. So it was just unfortunate to see because we saw him last season be an absolute monster on the yeah. field. Um, you know, he was up for the Golden Boot for the whole league, um, and I'm hoping that you know as as the team shakes out he's going to be a little bit more aggressive um but uh, what's what's your take
0: on uh, on shaw the shaw right up front i think i think karifa ya was going to make any striker look a couple steps behind agreed i mean he is obviously one of the best center backs in the league if not the best center back in the league you know they have a very good defense um what are you going to do? <laughs> you know <laughs> well, what I mean? What are you going to do? I mean, and, and I loved his sort of hybrid role. We know we know how, how Malcolm can play right up top, but he can also play a little bit deeper mm. and a little bit drifting off to the right side. So when you pair the two of them, you know, right, he can be the proper, you know, poacher up top, and then Malcolm can come a little deep. He can go, go a little bit on the right side as well. And that uh, combined with, you know, players like Ali Bassett, really sort of showed so much more link up between midfield and uh, the strikers than we had all of last season. <laughs> yeah, no, I, com- I completely agree.
1: Um, and I mean, you know, you mentioned Ollie Bassett. Um, I mean, if we're going to talk about standout players in that game, yeah. I think Ollie Bassett was everywhere all the time you know he controlled almost every single ball in the midfield um super confident on his feet extremely quick for passes uh and and playmaking um he even had you know his his vertical was surprising to me you know he's only f- 5 8 um and he he's that he's he's, <laughs> <It's> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a jump right so um i i was excited i know again in our in our preview i i put him up front um you know, for the spicy factor that mm, I think that yeah. he brought to the home opener and, and I'm really excited to see what he's gonna do for the rest of the season um in that role. You know, I know Wright scored the goal and he was named player of the match, but in my opinion mm-hmm. that was a bit of a robbery because I do think that Ollie Bassett was the was the team enabler for for the offense
0: for sure. Well I mean it almost seems like he's got something to prove for some reason. You well know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he yeah. absolutely played like it. I mean obviously here's a here's a guy who Went to Pacific, you know, quite highly rated as any international player, Mm -hmm. essentially, especially a young one like him with the pedigree that he has comes to the league, found himself out of the team partway through the season and never really got back in it. You know, an extremely stacked Pacific team, he sort of saw himself on the edge, got a got a North Star shield, didn't make an appearance in the final.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 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 again, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. But I think that him shifting from Pacific to Ottawa, where he could easily have a starting 11 position within yep. the, the, the team that Cargo's building, um, you know, and again, you're, you talk about his pedigree. I mean, he played in, you know, New Zealand, he played in the UK, uh, and then, you know, his first Canadian North American jump was pacific which is mm. you know and then they win the league and it's and like the okay, league, yeah. <laughs> okay um and then you know to go from that to the 2021 you know wooden spoon award o- atletico ottawa from last season yeah um yeah. but it is good to see him kind of bring that talent um to the midfield which is an area that we talked about last season being a little bit little bit weaker um so it is good to see that um and then uh, i guess i mean if we're as far as standout goes, I got to talk about Nathan Ingham, man.
0: What's yeah. uh, what's your thoughts yeah. on our
1: our newest uh, GK?
0: Well, I spent all of this afternoon thinking and talking about Nathan Ingham because I saw he got the snub in the team of the week, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm going to call that a little bit bullshit, but that's okay. It's Even though I didn't watch any <laughs> other games. <but. laughs> uh, I mean,
1: I watched I watched this the the York Halifax Snoozer, but um but yeah. I okay, agree. Well,
0: so that th- this is obviously Oxer made the team of the week. Yeah. And I mean, you know, did he he was the other clean sheet of the week, mm-hmm. so you know I, I can understand if you're gonna just base things off of simple things, then you know you're gonna expect it to be one of the two. Was yeah. you you having watched that game? Did he? Did he play a a worldie to really warrant getting it over Ingham? Because, I mean, even even Ingham, you could pick him just for the fact that here's a guy playing in a brand new team behind a brand new back line, their first ever game, hardly ever puts a foot wrong, keeps a clean sheet against one of the best teams in the league. I mean, I don't really care what any other keeper did all week. It's pretty hard to argue against that. Yeah, and I mean... (laughs) again,
1: if we're talking about a clean sheet, I, I agree with you. I think that it's nice for a keeper to get clean sheet. But I mean, when you talk about the York Halifax game, he got a clean sheet with two shots on target. So let's like yeah. not give him too much credit. There was yeah. a total of, I think, 14 shots from York against Halifax, two on target. Yeah. So I don't know where they were shooting. Um, but, you know, in classic York fashion, they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. But I, I think that you're right. I think that it was it was. He played well, but it just it, there was nothing special about his performance um, where when when he, you, he's also playing behind a, a center back pairing and a DM that he's been playing behind for three years. now, ex- Exactly. And then when you when you look <laughs> at our keeper, you know, new keeper, most of our most of our fullbacks were new. Uh, yeah. We're playing a new formation, new coach. Like it's a it's almost a clean sweep of the team. And I, I think yeah. that that uh, Ingham definitely showed how well he can control the ball. His game sense was, and vision was was just incredible. He was always at the right place at the right time. Um, So it was it was nice to see. Um, I know there's a lot of Dylan Pally fans out there from last season. Obviously, Mm. he's not with us now, but I think that uh, Nathan Ingham and his beautiful, gorgeous man bun
0: will uh, (laughs) will do well on the team this uh, this year. No, he he truly looked like the epitome of of confidence out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, you love to see it. And yeah. you know, I am not I'm not like too I I don't really care about team of the week and stuff like that. I just use it as an excuse to talk about our keeper who put in <laughs> an absolutely amazing first shift. And you know, he'll probably get one at some point oh, playing for like sure. that all yeah. season.
1: Yeah, yeah. and no. as, yeah. and I mean, from what I saw yesterday, if he can keep that up, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to have someone consistent between the pipes for the yeah. for the rest of the season, so. Absolutely. Who uh who,
0: if, if we we've talked with everyone. Oh, we haven't talked about blue that much yet. What did you, what did you think of our, uh, our, you know, new enigma, not an enigma, but, uh, yeah. 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 I Brother mean, I
1: love honestly, as a, as a, an OG Montreal impact fan, you know, I'm not going to call them club de foot or whatever they're called now, but, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to see, uh, to tabla, make his way down, down to the nation's capital and, and jump in with us. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I was a little disappointed overall with, with the performance. I think that when he had the ball, he showed the acumen and the skill required, um, or expected, I guess, of him when, when, yeah. when he signed my issue was, you know, he played for an hour and I would say the last 15 to 20 minutes, he was looking pretty tired. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, it's fitness or what, but I just, I just think that there was a reason he was subbed off at, I think 59, mm-hmm. 59 minutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's, uh. Was he? Yeah, he was subbed off, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, I think he was one of the first subbed off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah,
1: yeah, came yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, uh, no, Verhoven came on for Ailman. But... Uh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, I, I agree. I, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I just think that we haven't found the right slot for him yet in the formation. Yeah. Um, and it showed a little bit, you know, on some of the rundowns on the wings and things like that, that, you know, you expect someone to catch and the ball rolls mm-hmm. out at the end. And it's like, a, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you gotta, you gotta grab those because... Uh, I mean, I think, like, I look at, you know, the, the c- corner kick concessions uh, for defense and offense, and I think we only had two corners all game, which is kind of unfortunate. 13. 13, exactly. <laughs> so we're not exactly setting ourselves up for success uh,
0: with, with that kind of, you know, differential. Yeah. As as far as far as tablet, for someone that you, who's very much obviously known, you know, for their pace... It's um, you do have to wonder if it is a fitness issue and it very much might be. I mean, if if I'm not mistaken, he's, you know, probably coming off a bit of a knock as as he seems to perpetually Mm -hmm. be in his career. Um, I don't think he's played all that much in the past year before coming here anyways, I think. uh, But I mean, like you say, the uh, individual flashes of brilliance just look like someone that. You know, once they get up to snuff, once they get even more linked up with the rest of the team, because I mean, a lot, a lot of the things that I saw him uh, doing on Saturday, some misplaced passes. Yeah. And I saw some rough misplaced passes, uh... and then ones that he would get a little bit frustrated about. You know what I mean? Like, like how is anyone supposed to? You're not playing behind Leo Messi here. No, no. Playing behind (laughs) CPL forwards. Yeah. No one's gonna get to that. well, there's a lot of hand wringing, I think, over that too. You know, when you talk
1: about, I think that was probably for me the biggest area for improvement. Like our pass accuracy. Was seventy-seven um, yeah. percent, and the amount of just dummy dead balls like you know, I think multiple players from from Atletico made. You know, it, dump and chase isn't exactly a game we can play if we don't have the 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 skill or the experience, I guess, in this case, uh, yeah. because it's game one to do that. So so you know when we have an under eighty percent pass accuracy, that's gonna hurt us in the. And it, in this case, it didn't hurt us in the you know the final score sheet, but yeah. you know if we keep playing like that all season, like I'm a little worried because that's 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 not not exactly the pass accuracy levels that I think we need to uh, to do well
0: and make the playoffs this season. So it's certainly not the best. I mean, obviously, it's like clockwork when when you see a team that has less than 50 percent their pack a- pass accuracy is going to be a little bit less because they're probably under more pressure whenever mm-hmm. they have the ball i think we had what 45 percent of the ball uh yeah i think it was forty, forty four, forty five 44 45 so yeah you would still hope for at least 80 but you know like like we say it's it's for for a brand new team that's still gelling and you know this is the third year in a row where we have that excuse almost even though it's not as much of an excuse <laughs> this time around because it's <laughs> basically do or die but Hey, we got the wing day one, the wind day one. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to see us up there on the table, uh, you know, the top three, um, which is which is which is good, I think, for for morale yeah. around the camp and around the around the fan section. Definitely. Speaking
0: um, of subs. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you what do you make of cargo sub decision?
1: Um, I was I, honestly, I think I would describe them as interesting. Um. Mm-hmm. I think they were extremely defensively minded subs. I don't mm-hmm. think he was trying to press for, for you know, a blowout victory or anything. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, Johnny, but like I got that sense pretty much the whole game that there was just a lot of kind of conservative decision making on the bench um, mm-hmm. just to see kind of how things pan out on the field. Um, yeah. We'll see what works, what doesn't, um, and then make adjustments there. But yeah, you know, you talk about, you know, Sasako, I think came on for McKendree at 59 minutes. Um, Tabla came off as well. Uh, and then you had uh Griega and Verhoven come on at 80 minutes, roughly, or 79 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, as a Zach Verhoven fan, I was hoping he would be on a little earlier than that. Um, yeah. You know, cause I think between him and, and Bassett is going to be like a fun kind of duo to watch in the, in the center of the field. Um, but yeah, and then you had, you know, Wright got subbed out at 89 minutes, which I'm like, that's a little, I mean, I get that he scored a goal, but, like, you're bringing on Bo for, <laughs> what, four four minutes, five minutes with injury, like.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously he just wanted to get him on for, get his pro debut, get a few minutes in there. Yeah, definitely. You, you, say, you say it seemed a little bit conservative. Could we maybe skew that and say it was pragmatic?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I think that, with a new team, with new players, with a new coach, with a new play style. I mean, you know, Carlos Gonzalez and Mista are completely different strategically minded people. So, Mm. um, so I, I get the the caution that he's using on the field. Um, You want to walk away with the, with a W um, and you know, whether it comes from a penalty kick or, or what. um, But, but yeah, I think that, you know, I, I get where he was coming from, I guess. And I hope I get Mm. where he's coming from. And I, I would like to see a little more aggressive subbing for, for the offense, um, you know, the offensive half of the field. But, but yeah, I think that, you know, he he did what he needed to do. We walked away with the win. Um, yeah. So, you know, he did something right. Obviously, I just I, I think that it was a, it was like you said, it's a, a pragmatic sub system that he set up for this game. Um, and, you know, you heard I heard about in the stands. I don't know about you, but some of the other fans were a little bewildered, uh, you know, for some of the subs. So, uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see, I think, how, how that shapes out and, you know, how Carlos is going to kind of, I don't know, attack some of the the problem areas i guess we've, we've had in the past um because like you know he's probably watched game game footage from last year and all that stuff so oh yeah um so it's nice to see the areas that i was most worried about improved drastically mm-hmm. um but there's there's a way to go i think that you know between the subs between well the sub strategy um and and the depth of players that we have this season it's going to be I, I, honestly i'm excited i'm really excited to see what you know next week's game against halifax is gonna gonna shake out to look like so well
0: That's exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, obviously Any single game can be a one-off, especially when it's a new coach in their first game Mm -hmm. You always look forward. to What is game two gonna look like? How is he gonna switch his approach? Especially someone like him that seems very willing to do whatever it is that the situation calls for Yeah, especially we look at the difference in these two situations on Saturday We played against you know one of the best defenses in the league finalists in the first year Always near the top of the table. Yeah. So you're thinking, okay, this is look how many goals we shipped last season. That's what he's looking at. He's thinking, what do I have to do to keep them out and maybe give us a chance on the break or mm-hmm. turned out to be a set piece. Yeah. Coming up this next game, <laughs> he's look he's looking at the team that scored less goals than we did last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think
1: honestly, and I know. <laughs> Halifax fans are notoriously loud in the Discord. Uh, as far as the, you know, their team spirit or whatever you want to call it. Um, but you're right. I think that Halifax is an overrated team, um, and I say that you know hand on heart. I know they obviously finished higher in the table than we did last season. Yeah. But I do think you're right. I think that you know they're able to win games by a goal. Uh, you know, two yeah. two at the most. Um, but their offensive production just isn't there. They've got like Morelli, and and that's pretty, pretty much it, in my opinion. Like,
0: yeah, well, they I mean, you scored, got Ben and Marshall, like, I don't know. He scored, uh, they scored 28 goals last season, mm. I believe. He, sc- he scored 14 of them. That's what I mean. So you got one player putting in 50% of the goals. And I mean, and that's, then, and that's, and that's, the, and that's less total goals than even we scored. And we were, you know, the worst team in the league. Yeah. So he's maybe looking at that and thinking, okay, here's, here's a team that we can really, you know, run at we don't have to sit back against them because they're the poorest producer of goals in the league. And I mean, and obviously it's all because of the one guy who was you know, able to farm against the worst team in the history of the league six times in one season. Yeah. So are they going to produce that again this season? I probably not.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, you know, the defense, the Halifax defense versus the ca- cavalry defense, I'm going to take cavalry defense, you know, Seven out of seven days a week. Oh, of course. Um, of course. So, so yeah. So I'm, I am hoping I think next week to see a little more uh, offensive generation, a little more pressure on the on the back uh, three or four, depending on what they they decide for their formation. Um, that's but
0: that, I, that, that's that's the hope, and I, I think yeah. it's it's not so much like we do. I'm not putting predictions on what how Halifax is going to play this year. I don't really give a shit. But I'm more <laughs> just talking about what the difference in approach between our approach to cavalry and the approach towards a team like them is going to be, and I'm hoping. Like you were saying, something a little bit more on the front foot, something a little bit more, a little bit more reckless abandon, a little bit more. Let's go get him.
1: Yeah, which which I, I think is possible, especially with the like like we've been talking about with the defensive changes that we've made this year. I mean, I think that shutting down Morelli is going to have to be the the, you know, the top priority for the defensive four slash four if we're playing four four two again. Um again. And I think we have the skill and the depth to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if we can do that, that's 50 percent of their goal scoring capacity taken out of the game right there. So so I would like yeah. to see, like you said, little, little more, a little more front foot. Um, now that we're a little more confident in the defense, we don't have to worry about, you know, <laughs> as I said in the preview, getting dunked on every single time there's a counterattack.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, we're talking about a player that loves to play in between the lines. Right. So but mm-hmm. I mean, OK, this time around, if you once you get past Zoko. Now you got to deal with Niba. Once you get yeah. past Niba, now you got to deal with Diego Espello. So yeah. it's it's a different ball game this time around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So as um, let's switch something to a different conversation. This is a guy that we did, we talked about at the top of this episode as a returning defenseman. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk to him a bit from something that happened at the end of the game. Oh boy, let's let's talk about that red card. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> obviously, he, he murdered and mangled the foot of a poor man. Oh,
1: he basically broke his ankle off. So, yeah, you know, and they had to take him off on a stretcher and amputate it. So, like, I mean, <sighs> I honestly, having watched the whole game and then rewatched it again, um, you know, in the last couple of days. I mean, I got to talk about Fabrizio Stasola, like the ref, the head referee, what a brutal game. Um, And not just from a, from an Ottawa Atletico or Atletico Ottawa perspective, but I think he was just, he missed so many calls on both sides. And it's really Mm -hmm. unfortunate because, you know, then you kind of have, I'm going to call it wishy-washy refereeing for most of the Mm -hmm. half. You know, you had um, Ingham's goal kick that was blocked by, uh, by a, a cavalry player and, you know. Tazzolo wasn't even looking. He was running the other way and the whole yeah. crowd saw it and Nathan yeah. Ingham saw it and the players yeah. all saw it. And then he turned around and was like, Oh, well I didn't see it. So I guess I can't make a call. And it's like, I, I wanted to look. Like, where's the VAR, yeah, you exactly. know,
0: like- <laughs> go to the money. Yeah. Yeah. So-, so he misses, he misses something like that, but he doesn't miss he doesn't miss. someone getting their a foot little, stepped on. Yeah. A little bit of shithousery before a set piece, as Which, if that doesn't happen every single time. Well, it
1: happened all game
0: and, and, you know, pinching undoing. Yeah. Gloves. Yeah. Guys
1: pulling on jerseys, you know, like, sh- you know, shin scraping with cleats, like all that stuff. So, so I, I don't think that, you know, he, he played a particular and played, he officiated a particularly w- w- good match, um, yeah. from, you know, the lines were fine. The assist reps were fine. Um, but I I do think there was it was pretty atrocious officiating, in my opinion. And I know we've come to expect that from CONCACAF leagues in general. Uh, yeah. Anyone who watches any level of, of football in North America, you know, whether it's CPL all the way up to you know MLS and and international stage for CONCACAF qualifiers you know the officiating in North America is just it's not even close to what it is in other areas of the world Um, so
0: I was expecting that the red card though absolute overkill I was like to go straight to a red on it like I mean we're we're talking about the level of officiating and you know what like I'm over complaining about the referees for the most part yeah because it's you know it's whatever it happens you got to expect it you know so they'll get some calls they'll miss some calls especially a game like this one where it seemed like he was letting Locke go you can almost be like okay that's probably the better side to be on like okay let him play even though you know he did give Calvary four yellows which they deserved every single one of them 100% but then then, and we also deserved our yellow which by the way Was an incredibly great tactical foul from such a mature young man in yeah. Diego Espejo, yeah. by the way. 100%. He knew, he knew exactly he was outside of the box when he did that, by the way.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you know, I also think the, um, I'm trying to think who it was. It was the the cavalry player um, who was fouled kind of top bottom of the 18. Uh, who was that? Oh, who did the, the dive? Yeah, who d-
0: who dove? Was <laughs> that Camargo? Yeah, that guy. Was Camargo? Um, you know, and and <laughs> he's again, the same. He's the same guy that shit the bed and frigging uh, Pally did the double save on last yeah, year. That yeah. that man does not like coming to TD place. <laughs> no, he no he does not. So that um, was he, a point towards our, our our referee. By the way, you love seeing a yellow card for a simulation. Well, exactly, and I mean it was <laughs> it was
1: very very clear. <laughs> like even from you know three hundred meters away in the stands, I was like, okay, come on, man, like um but but yeah i think that that you're right i think that you know he had the, like i said the referee had some some good calls i just think you know on the whole the balance was was not great um and it, it was it was tough to see i think that you know it's it's hard to Watch a game kind of devolve late, late game, because I think you're right. I think yeah. early, early in the game, first half, you know, let 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 the guys play. And and mm. it's nice to see that happen. And then, you know, and then the cards started coming out in the red. Like I said, I mean, I was just flabbergasted. I think everyone in the yeah. stands was flabbergasted. I think all Nobody the players. Knew what happened. Nobody <laughs> I, knew what happened. I had to I had to rewatch the replay while I was watching the game. I had to rewatch it like two, three times to actually see what happened because it was just so like it was a stomp on the foot like I did that when I played I'm sure like anyone who's played
0: the sport has done you know little shit disturber things like that Um, but I didn't see it until I got to the bar and looked on my phone and then even then the the, the replay they show on one soccer they didn't get it during the live either they had to show the replay after the card was already brought out. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, like, like we say, uh, any no matter how good your your refing performance was for the whole game, when you pull something like that out at the very end, not yeah. even a yellow, not even a warning. He wasn't even on a yellow, a straight red card. Yeah, which
1: is, I mean, and it sucks too, because like, I mean, now we don't have for this weekend's game. Um, if we
0: don't win appeal, we don't have them for three games. Exactly. So that's, that's I, three games for violent, con-
1: violent conduct. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, someone, uh, you know, in, the, in the, the the CPL upstairs actually looks at the footage and says like, mm, you know what? Like, yeah. Okay. A card maybe, but it should have been a yellow. Because I think anyone that watched that with half a brain, even if you're not an Atletico Ottawa fan, even if you're a Cavalry fan, I think you would have been like, mm,
0: you know That's a little ha- a little heavy-handed in yeah. the like, <laughs> you know, 85th <laughs> minute or whatever it was. So, yeah. The next um, day, anyways. I mean, the day of, if I'm a Cavalry fan, I'm probably calling for Becky's head. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> especially after being 1-0 down in a place like that against a team like ours, which yeah, they just for sure. have the most atrocious record against, by the way.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't know, like... <laughs> it's just it's just interesting to see how 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 that shook out um especially like you said you know we we had cavalry players all over the place kind of diving or you know I play aggressively, which I love. I love to see aggressive Mm. football, but like, don't like, I mean, I know Escalante, you know, not exactly a fan favorite at TD place, um, had that anywhere
0: in the league. really. Yeah, true.
1: Well, exactly. So, so, and he had that collision with a at, you know, in injury time behind the net, neither of them were even on the field and he just like full on, like basically like, you know, freight trained him. And I was like, man, totally, totally not required. Like it's the, it's the 93rd minute. Let's like, (laughs)
0: Well, so, you know, I mean, we we got the just desserts in the end. It was the penalty, and it was because of him. Yeah, he decided he decided to take it upon himself to 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 be the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and he dove and stopped that ball full on with his hands. And the fact that Becky got a red card for his uh, quote unquote stomp and a clear denial of a goal scoring opportunity by a handball in the box was not given a red card is beyond my comprehension.
1: Yeah, it is. But like you said, you know. It uh, sucks to suck, cavalry. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, is a, was, that not a, was that not a full-on Luis Suarez moment? Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I watched the replay. It must be a dozen times. And the funny thing is, is that he goes to the ref afterwards and simulates and our, what yeah. he had just done. <laughs> no. He's like, "No, I fell. I fell." Yeah, you fell
1: and swinging your arms to block a pass. You literally shot, had so, yeah. gotten
0: up from falling in the other direction and then dove in that direction. Well, I mean, the grass the was obviously very slippery. Up. Yeah. Yeah, no,
1: uh, no, I, I uh, I'm i with you on that one. I think that it was a bit, a bit ridiculous. But again, to me, that was a little bit of, you know, karma on our on our part to say, like, well, well you know, if, if you're going to play like that, fine. <laughs> and go home with an L. And now yeah. you're, you know, lo- I think the bottom
0: of the table right now. So, <laughs> yeah, you love to see it. But yeah. what you also love to see the dub? Yes. We were both, we were both in the dub this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not there and- very often. You are. Tell us about it.
1: Well, I mean coming into this season you know last we were building on last season and in the off season i know we had a lot of engagement we had a lot of kind of you know driving factor when you talk about like dan and thomas and eddie and, and brandon and you know all the all the folks with ccsg that came in to to pull people into the dub you know we had guys that had bought season tickets you know way 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 down the other end of the field uh mm-hmm. who moved to the dub because of the atmosphere so yeah. so you know instead of having that three rows in the front and, you know, a, kind of a gaggle in the back, you know, it was almost full for the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you yep. know, people, even at halftime, you know, I had people come up and say like, Oh, look, like, can we come into the dub? And I was like, of course, uh, <laughs> you know, like random people from other sections because it's standing room only, there's drums, there's smoke. It's the, you know, it's the, to me, that's the, the football experience. Oh, yeah. um, and so to see that was, uh, I don't want to say it brought a tear to my eye, but you know, it was, uh, it was really good to see, the support um, and and also for the team to come over and, and show their appreciation, you know, at the end of the game, after the win um, they all kind of jogged over and gave us, you know, a little bit of a, 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 an ovation from the player's perspective. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see the supporters groups growing, the dub becoming more popular. Um, What was your, what was your take as a, as an, as an out of towner uh, coming down for the
0: game? (laughs) The funniest thing is, is, and and I brought one of my friends again as well. I had brought him to the, Mm. the, when we beat Calvary last year. So, you know, he's he's two for two for um, seeing Calvary at T Place for sure. (laughs) Um, It's it's funny how before big games like this, we have talks amongst ourselves where we're a little bit worried that there's going to be people that don't often come to section W and we think oh is this are they going to be sitting down are they going to be upset like is there going to be a, a verbal altercation from someone that's like hey I can't see because they don't really know what the section is all about Yeah. I, when you see some of the photographs of that day especially from side <laughs> of, of, of the whole 100%. stand and you see everything just full sitting and then you look at the dub every single person in that entire section was standing and it was full from front to the back and you know I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it brings a tear to your it was perfect it's exactly what you wanted to see
1: yeah and i mean i think that uh, you know we're we're lucky because you know even last year when the team wasn't you know top top tier um you know we still had a a, a devoted and dedicated fan base um yeah. you know between the bytown boys and ccsg to to have them kind of leading the leading the show in the dub um you know the hard work you put in the work and you see the results and the result I think was a home opener having that, that crazy atmosphere. Um, and there's always, you're right. There's always that worry that, you know, you're going to get like a Volvo driving soccer mom and her kids sitting in the dub complaining (laughs) about foul language or smokes or flags (laughs) in the way. Uh, but, but we had none of that. And I mean, there was kids in the dub as well. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. saw that there was kids in the dub having a great time. You know, I brought, I've brought my daughter to the dub before and she always has a good time. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, you know, the, the club, has also done a good job of um, working with the supporters groups to really Mm. get the word out so that people aren't surprised. Because I think that you're right. If you show up to a soccer game or a football game expecting to see a game and you sit down in the dub, yeah, you're going to see the game, (laughs) but you're going to see so much other stuff going on that's like, I don't want to say more important but like uh, it, it it's part of the culture right so yeah. so they have the signs up at the top that I think are very clear and I know they're talking about adding a kind of disclaimer when you buy single game tickets single match tickets to uh, to the dub mm-hmm. to say you know that please expect this smokes drums horns you know foul language uh you know all that stuff uh um, hand gestures and hand gestures you know of, i'm gonna call it offensive chants because there was a few of those uh <laughs> mostly mostly chance. were directed at the at the officiants i think but <laughs> <laughs> especially after that red card um
0: you know I just had, I had, just lead to... tommy just yeah. because i like to i like to reenact his chain every now and then yeah for but, sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, and you know what if you do want to get tickets to the w i think you're gonna have to act pretty fast i don't even know if. Uh, it's that easy to get tickets there these days. Yeah, I mean I uh
1: you know I, I ended up picking up a second uh season ticket um just to have an extra seat for friends, mm. family, whatever. Um you know whether it's my fiance or my kid or friends, but but uh yeah, when I talked to uh, Max at the ticket office, he was like, you mm. know, it's a good thing you emailed us now cuz yeah, they had a flood flood of season tickets for the dub, which is awesome. I love I love, love hearing it. it. Um you know, meeting new people like I uh, you know, I know uh, there's you know this this kid named Andrew who I think we got interviewed at um you know, at the half. Uh, with us. Oh, I seen that, yeah, that guy. Yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so and he <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm going to you know, ask to move my season seat to the dub, uh, mm. you know, which to me is, you know, after a half, 45 minutes of football. And you decide, you know what? Where I'm sitting is not good enough. I'm going to come yeah. with the dub. Like, so, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I agree with the, you. The, the atmosphere was just off the charts, which is these awesome are
0: These are amazing things you love to see, too, especially when you get the younger ones coming in. Because, I mean, there, there's something to say for the older generation of Ottawa football fans that have uh, continued to sort of latch on to team after team and are still there now. I'm, you know, I'm talking about the Bytown boys. I'm talking about Silly <laughs> Monday riot. But yeah. when you see... The, we're, we're a two university one college town mm. we need to be bringing these younger people oh 100 yep. our fold and when you see things like that happen it, it, it's I, you know what actually on, on that note I'm pretty sure we had the Bronson boys show up for this game
1: uh well. yeah we did yeah from uh from from Carlton so Carlton uh, Ravens support yeah group, and I mean amazing uh, yeah 100% and so it's it's nice to kind of see a little bit of overlap uh in support and you know if that means occasionally we get some folks together and go down and see a Ravens game. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, you know, as a little,
0: little, little quid pro quo on the, on the, on the pitch. So <laughs> absolutely. Speaking of other games, let's, uh, let's finish off here. What do you think? What, what, what do you think's coming next weekend? Um,
1: what, you know, we got uh, us in
0: Halifax. I think, gonna, the... I think it's gonna, I think
1: it's going to be uh, an an a W. I think, you know, we're going to pick up the three points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, maybe maybe two one. I think Morelli's gonna find a way to find the back of the net at some point. I wouldn't um, be surprised. But uh, but yeah, I think often. you know, I think two one's gonna be my score prediction. Um, again, only because I think you're you know what we talked about earlier about cargo changing it up and being a little more aggressive, a little more fire uh, under under the butts of the boys out on the mm-hmm. field. Um, to to put some into the back of the net as well. Um, I think will make a big difference for for the team. What about you? What's your what's your what's your prediction for the you know
0: us and the Wanderers? I mean, I know we always concede goals to them, hundred percent. But at the same time, I mean, we've never had a defense that was this good. Mm. You know, like we 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 were just plagued with a not very confident, kind of shaky, kind of slap slap dash defense. And I wasn't kidding when I said that on Saturday is the best defense I've ever seen an Atletico Ottawa team play. Yep. So if we're dealing with it with a team that doesn't score very many goals already, I mean, they were just like us last week, uh, this past weekend as well. They only scored a penalty. So, I mean, if we're dealing with a team that doesn't score a lot of goals, that doesn't have a lot of attacking threat that, you know, they're known for getting a lot of that of taking a lot of shots. Yeah. You can take a lot of shots, but I mean, if they're not good chances, if they're not big chances, then they're just shots. And the fact that you take a lot of shots and don't score a lot of goals, that really says a lot. So, I mean,
1: yeah, because I they think keep they have a
0: nice, solid, compact yeah. defense and keep them to just cheap little pot shots. And then, you know, it, 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 keep them sort of quiet up in the front and the middle. Then I don't see why we can't get another clean sheet.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, I, think that we, we saw, we saw it at the game, you know, you had Neva and Tso, the, their, their press outs from the defense to kind of jockey the guys out to the wings. Excellent. 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 Good to see every single time, um, you know, would I like to see less kind of jumping in and over commitment from some people? And I think you probably saw it as well. You know, the, mm. the stick your leg in and they basically just you know, dribble around you and you're just yeah. you know with your <laughs> pants down. Uh, I'd like to, I would like to see less of that. However, I do think defensive defensively we're, we're stacked this, uh, this season. And I am excited to see how we use that to shut down Halifax uh, next weekend. Beauty. Well, on that note, this well, has I, been. Before we, before we end, uh, yep, we, we, we gotta got to talk, we got to talk about one other game. Oh, I do want to touch very briefly on the uh, the Edmonton game, Edmonton and Valor. Edmonton,
0: your uh, uh, oh, sorry of of this past weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The wind, the wind, the wind, uh, wind, uh, carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just obviously I wanted to touch base with it only because.
1: You know, flick flicked on the TV. Uh, and the TSN Highlight of the Night was a CPL goal during that game. <laughs> Shut up.
0: No it way. was
1: yeah, it was Racowski's bicycle kick goal. I don't know Amazing. if you've seen the replay, but I did ab- see the replay. Absolutely yeah. incredible, incredible <laughs> goal. And it made the TSN Highlight of the Night, which which I think goes to show, you know the league's growing the league's getting better the teams are getting better the coverage
0: is getting better and you know ottawa we're massive so you know that's just how it is so (laughs) that's just how it is and that is a good spot to end it on this has been ato after the whistle patrick thank you every tuesday wherever podcasts are found specifically yeah. you know your spotify's your google music your iTunes musics your uh what else do we got samsung's musics i don't know if that exists but if it does then we're going to be on there <laughs> Sound, soundcloud i don't know no way for rappers. <laughs> You'll, yeah we're soundcloud <laughs> see you next week <laughs>